Jonas McCann's nightstand held a pile of correspondence from church committees, questionnaires and profiles bulging from a manila folder. On top of the folder sat his disheveled pile of current reads. Mark Sprague's Where Rivers Change Direction. John Irving's A Prayer for Owen Meany. A biography on Harriet Tubman, a leather-bound edition of Karl Barth's Prayers, and a slim collection of poetry titled Freebird, published by inmates from the county jail. Jonas picked up one, usually two of the books nightly, but he hadn't cracked the folder in weeks. Every few months, Jonas would find himself so wearied by his days trapped in the cubicle at the insurance company, he'd go on another bender and fire off resumes to churches far and wide. Soon after each outburst, Jonas would return to his senses and wonder what insanity had overtaken him. With the resumes, Jonas felt like a faceless name writing to faceless names, pimping his pastoral credentials. The last time he attempted a reply, he got as far as question three on the pastoral candidate information form. What vision do you have for our church? Please list the first five strategic steps you would take in order to implement this vision. Jonas didn't know this church. He wasn't even sure he'd ever heard of the city. So he didn't have the foggiest clue what these fine souls looked like this morning, much less what they should look like three years from now. And anyway... Who was he to possess the word on high about the future of people he didn't even know? Jonas figured he'd learn enough to bluff his way through all the hoops, and some of his pastoral compadres suggested that putting his head down and working the system was exactly what the process required. But he just couldn't do it. The entire mess made Jonas want to either take a nap or throw a chair through the wall. But what's a pastor to do when he's got no people to pastor? Then a letter arrived from a woman named Amy, on behalf of Granby Presbyterian. Handwritten. A single page. They didn't drill him with knucklehead questions. They only asked if he was actually interested in being a pastor. The next morning, Jonas rose an hour early to work out his reply. Dear Amy, Luther, Tom, and Hank, I can't tell you how good it is to write a letter to actual people with actual names. To whom it may concern has worn me thin. I think we're good on the creed. I can't honestly say I'll always believe all the words, but I pray them anyway. I ask God to help me believe them more. In my experience, anyone who says we believe too glibly either hasn't suffered much or simply isn't paying attention. Then again, praying the creed with a little fear and trembling, a gut hope that it's all true, yields a sturdiness deserving of the word faith. At any rate, the creed is necessarily something we say together, something we can only truly believe together. So if this candidate process leads anywhere, we'd have to hold one another up. We'd have to keep asking each other whether or not we believe. I assume I'd hold you up on your weekdays, and you'd hold me up on mine. I notice you didn't ask about my family. In a way, that's nice. A previous church thought my wife and I came as a package deal. They were in for a shocker. Allie doesn't play piano. Truthfully, she'd need a bucket to carry a tune. She doesn't do children's ministry either, and she's never been to a women's ministry craft night or a Christian women's conference. If your heart's broken or you need someone to drop an expletive and pray with you against the evil, Allie's your gal. But she's her own woman, and we like it that way. My wife's a firecracker. She's my truest friend and the person I respect most in the world. Sometimes I gush about her in sermons. So you'd have to get used to that.
She's probably the best Christian I know. But every so often, she'll tell me, Jonas, I love God and I love you. But right now, I'm barely tolerating Sundays. That admission used to make me nervous. I mean, if the pastor's wife quit the church, it would make for awkward conversations. I don't get nervous anymore, though. Allie listens to God. So what good would my scrambling panic do? We have two sons and a daughter, Ash, Eli, and Mercy. They have their own faith, but they've got all the issues every kid has. It's tough work being a kid these days. If you expect more from my three than you expect from your own, or if you expect the same but you're all overachievers who set the bar sky high, we should probably end this right here. I have to tell you, reading your letter, you sound fatigued to me, and I find that comforting.